Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here tonight to minister in the name of our dear Lord. Trust that you all are feeling as well as we used to put it down in Kentucky, as well as common, as well as to be expected. Many of you here sick, of course, to be prayed for. I trust tomorrow night that you'll be happy and rejoicing, having a wonderful time in the Lord. As many who have come in sick and blessed again, feeling good. The congressman, is he with you tonight? Is he feeling well? Or he's outside? His foot started. Let's remember him in prayer. I have just a special here just now. A young lady just been sick with polio and put in an iron room down at Dayton. Just coming a few minutes ago, long distance. Mr. Baxter just handed me just now. Shall we bow our heads while we all prepare? All of you together for this poor girl. What if that was your daughter? Our Heavenly Father, with love in our hearts for our sister, we come as a unity, a unity of faith, believing in the report that's been given to us by Jesus Christ, that Almighty God is interested in his children being well. He sent his Son into the world to be wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes to be made well. Now, Father, we believe that tonight, and by faith we ask that this young lady that's just been placed into the iron lung with such great faith, she says here in the telegram that Brother Branham prays for me, I'll be well. Oh, God. Honor that faith, Lord. She's made it a point of contact, and I pray, Father, that you will heal her. God grant just now that her, the respiration begins to come normal, and they can take her out of the iron lung, and she'll yet visit me, glorifying God. Through Jesus Christ, we ask that believing, Father, our dear brother Upshaw, our one of our real Americans who stood for right. Lord, his wife sitting here tonight says his foot's still bad or not as well as it should be with that athletic foot. God, you took him out of an affliction after he'd been on him for 66 years. I pray that you heal his foot. May it get well. Believe that you will because we love you and we love him and we want many more testimonies to go from his lips to the world, that they might know the love that he has for the Son of God and the respect for his being. These things we place into thy divine care, Lord, and the advocate that we have in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless them both. It's been so nice, so very nice. I just want to say this while it's on my mind. The little missionary offerings and things you've been sending me special on the side by, by my boy and them. I appreciate that. To help me go back to Indian things, many of you are. I'm getting them. And I appreciate it with all my heart. Brother Baxter brought me $10 that that means that someone gave it, said take it to Brother Branham. And I put it in missionary offering thinking that's what it was for. And you'll have a part in this great vision that I know that's got to be fulfilled. And at the great day, I don't, don't never hurt yourself if you, if you need something around home or something, uh, why you go ahead and do that first. But if you just have something that you feel that God put on your heart for a missionary, you go ahead and we'd be very thankful. We are thanking you for it. 
Brother Jackson was just telling me this afternoon, I just met my friends in South Africa, youth, etc. right here. I don't see him tonight. He's a man like we all are. He said his wife had to interest in some cattle, and the Lord just put upon her heart to sell it for 80 pounds, which was a sacrifice price, but she sold it, which would be three times that would be about $120, $140, two rather. And so she just sold that out, which was a sacrifice price, and they give her a post-dated check. The check would be all right. They come on up to the World Conference and just led to the Spirit, and just, they sold their automobile and things. The Lord leading them, saying, come to Hammond, and they didn't know I was at Hammond. The Lord leading them to Hammond. And then when they got there, his wife went in, she come out. I've never met Sister Jackson in just a few moments, but I know she's a staunch Christian. So she come told her husband, that's where his family she lives, that the Lord has put upon my heart to give a missionary brother who's in there fasting in there for a cause, this 80 pounds. A pound was about $2.80 in American money. And said, the Lord told me to give him this, and she consulted her husband, which was the right thing to do. And her husband said, God is in that. It witnesses to my heart to give it. And he goes out, and the missionary happened to be coming out after fasting for several days with a call on his heart that he had to do a missionary work and didn't have the money to do it, just needed that money. And when he walked out, he said, the Lord told me to give you this 80 pounds, and a man clapped and fainted on the street from the shock of God providing his needs. Of course, they had to wipe a few tears from their eyes and go away. And a day or two after that, a few days after that, God gave him back his 80 pounds with a 100 pounds interest on top of it. That's our Lord. Just a little way he does things, like breaking the bread of Emmaus, you recognize he was there. He's still here, and we love him tonight with all of our heart. I know you do, and I do. If I know my heart, if I know my heart, I, I love our Lord. And I, I pray that God will bless that, and I will be just as reverent. Now, I have, a, I have a mission. I have something from our Lord that must be carried out. It must be, and it will be. You just remember that. Just as I said about going to Finland, a boy would be raised from the dead. Somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know where. But I know the kind of a place it would be in. I know the place, the lap rocks and the tall cedars and what the boy would look like and everything. I've seen that. When? Where? I don't know. But it come to pass in about a year and six months afterwards. That was just exactly the same boy and everything, just the same description that thousands of Christians had it written in the back of their Bible, that it would come to pass, and it did. It has to. Now, I've seen a vision. I've seen the people. They looked to me like Indians. I don't know what they were, but they had clout wrapped around them, and they were praising God, and there was it was in a field light. It was just so many people that went back up over there, and a light came down from heaven, an oscillating light, and went through there, showing the people. And the angel of the Lord called the number of them, and I heard the number, 300,000. That'd be six times the size of Derby to me. Well, we had 30,000 converts that day. I trust that God there'll be 300,000 one to Christ at that day. But it's the coming. It must be. I don't know where, I don't know when, but I know it will be. And you people sitting here in this audience tonight will hear of the need. Where it'll be, I believe it'll be in India. It looked like Indians to me. I could see them. 
And I was at the Durban meeting. I'd seen it going away into history, turning blue. I looked in front of me, and there were still more people, thousands, greater than the first crowd was there. I believe I'll be at Durban again. Then he turned to the left, and I looked, and it was so many people, innumerable. I remember, keep that on your mind. Write it on a piece of paper, lay it in your Bible, put it on the fly leaf somewhere. You'll hear through the magazine. Brother Branham had a meeting somewhere in the Orange or down in India, I believe, or Africa somewhere, where 300,000 people attended the meeting. Now, these meetings are just as impressions, led to do certain things. I felt led to come here to Hammond. I couldn't understand. How many Kirby's speak that country every night? Why? I don't know. I don't know why I was to come to Hammond. I never knew till last Saturday night. I didn't know then until I got home and God revealed it to me. They tell me what the meeting is after I get home. When the anointing comes down, I, I know, or it just seems to me like I dreamed something. And they were telling me, and then the Holy Spirit revealed to me. The person's probably not here tonight. I don't know. I couldn't say. But there was a woman who came to the platform. They say that she was a, a dope fiend, a young woman. Looking at her life, I seen that there was a lot of disaster, a lot of trouble in her life, a lot of sorrow and disappointment. I wish I could see the woman again. Because I believe with all my heart that right there, the woman was a prominent woman in some kind of show business or something, and she hadn't lived the right kind of life. She was not living right. And she had been in her getting all mixed up. She had got out into dope habits. She kept that a secret from her people. But there's nothing secret before God. And God healed that woman. And that woman, if she'll follow her divine guidance, as God will guide her, she'll be used for the glory of God, just as the Philip was sent from you remember me telling you he left Samaria to go out into the desert right in the midst of a big meeting? Left thousands of people in the city was rejoicing, and God said, go out and stand in the desert. You remember that? Or one man, an Ethiopian, a colored man, coming down from Jerusalem, returning to Ethiopia, who had joined greatly with the queen. And he, he was reading the prophet Isaiah, and he didn't understand what he was reading, and God told Philip, go join yourself with him. And when he did, he spoke to him about Christ Jesus baptizing in a little hole of water out there. And Philip never did return back to Samaria, as far as we know, or the Bible gives record. He, the Holy Spirit caught him away, and the eunuch seen him no more. And the eunuch taking that message on down into Africa, well, there you are. You see, God knows what to do. Many times we guess at it, but God knows just exactly what's right, doesn't he? Oh, how I love him, his sovereignty, his goodness, his mercy. I want to read some of his scripture here, then pray. We start our prayer line. I'm thinking of days, someday, someday I've wanted the Holy Spirit to give me the opportunity bring the people up here and pray for them and just pass them by. It's the vision what we can see. It isn't praying for the people. I spend here hour after hour and pray for people. That doesn't bother me. But it's, it's the vision is what hurts. 
And every time the anointing comes real deeply and I get before the people, then there it is, the vision starts again. And just after two or three, I, I begin to lose sight of what's going on, where I am, and all about it. But then I just have to wait to see what he does after that. Would you like to have a night where we just pass the, bring the people up here just section by section and pray for them, just lay hands on them and pray for them? Well, I, I, how many think that would feel good in the spirit? Let's see your hands. Raise your hands way up high. All right. God willing, God willing, we'll set that tomorrow night. At anybody, we just call them right up to the section. Or by the order to keep order, we'll have to get prayer cards, of course, but we'll get plenty of them. And you just got your prayer cards and so forth. If you don't get cold like them, we'll come right up on the platform and pray for them. After all, friends, it's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. Sometimes I've noticed here the last few nights I've been watching, and I notice the people I come to, and maybe the, they want to some. See if there's something in their life that's just not telling up right. And when they do that, when they find that out, then I can tell in the spirit the way that moves. They want me to pray for them. After that, they want me to pray for them. See? And after all, this it's the it's prayer is the most vital force that God ever put into the hand of mankind. The most effective force that's known to man is prayer. You believe that? It is. It's prayer. It changes things. Look at Hezekiah laying there, and the prophet went up and said, All right, Hezekiah, you're not coming off the bed. God done said you was going to die right there where you're at. And Hezekiah studied over. If he just had 15 years longer, now remember, you've got to give God a call to reason. Now, I didn't say just because I can get out there and ride around the chariot and show the people I'm a king. No, he wanted to rebuild the altars of God, and a few things had to be done to get the kingdom in order right. And he prayed that God would give him 15 years longer, and he wept bitterly, he just wept to God. He said, God, I beseech you to consider me. I've walked before you with a perfect heart. How many of us could say that tonight, we walk before him with a perfect heart? I've walked before thee, Lord, with a perfect heart, and I ask you to consider me, and I want, and God Almighty, Jehovah, reconsidered that man's case because he prayed. Think of that. Almighty God that had pronounced death upon the man reconsidered his case. <laughs> That's too much for me. Great Jehovah to a marvelous one of the earth would reconsider his word that he had said to him. Now, God has ways of doing things. Look like he just spoke right back and told him, Well, I, I considered your case again. I'm going to let you stay for that if you don't do that. But he didn't. He spoke to the prophet and sent the prophet all the way back up there again to tell him that, all right, God heard your prayer. See, God revealed to the prophet what was going to happen. He come back to your, your days is considered, and you're going to come off the bed now in three days. He got some policies and so forth and put on him. Hezekiah come off the bed and was made well. Now, see what prayer does? Prayer is uh, not exactly bringing God down to man. It's bringing man up to God. See? As you pray, you lose, you lose sight of these earthly things. You 
way out into somewhere else, way beyond and on and on and on, she's becoming to his presence. And then a, a faith that you have laid it out before God and said, Now here, God, here it is. And I, I want to get well for this cause, or I want you to do this for me for this cause. I want you to heal me from from um, from uh, this cancer or this TB or, or this anemia condition or whatever it is. I'll walk before you. I'll, I'll do everything I can. I'll give this testimony everywhere I go. I'll be happy to do that, Lord. And I'll use my life not for myself. I'll use it for your glory to help others to see you. Now, then you lay that before God and say, God, will you consider my case? I believe just as Hezekiah was. Oh, God, yet today, don't you believe so? Every night he confirms it right here in the building. I believe he'll do it again tonight, don't you? He'll come right down here among us tonight and confirm the same thing. There's many women, I don't know no one here. I did recognize a few minutes ago someone I was going to call the attention to. Friends from Jeffersonville or down around my hometown was sitting right back in here somewhere. I met, seen him a while. Here, that's right. God bless you. I spoke to my church. I just get up today. This your first day? Saturday. I miss you all the time. All right. Well, we're glad to have him up here. Uh, folks from my church. All right. Now, the rest of you, as far as I know, are strangers, except Brother Bosworth and, and Sister Upshaw sitting here. Just about all that I would believe I would know in the building tonight, uh, sitting around like that outside of these ministers here, and that's about the limit. Now, but there may be many of you in here that's dying with diseases. And if you're dying with a disease, why not now while I'm speaking, why not now while you're in this place here that's dedicated this few days to the glory of God, why not go to pray and say, Now, God, I ask you to consider my case tonight. Okay? Consider me, for I am desperately in need, and I'm going to walk before you, I'm going to testify, I'm going to do everything that I can do to glorify you. And now I believe tonight that you're going to make me well. And if you will do that with all your heart, God will consider your case and speak back and tell you about it. And if I be God's servant, you'll speak it through me and tell me. Now that is, I look many times through the night. I get through the week, I can't even tell where to go. There's so many. You must understand, friends. I want you to consider the scripture. And someone said, Brother Branham, you're a weakling. No, I'm not. I'm a long ways from being a weakling. Look, I might be little, but in Mayo Clinic, they pass me as a perfect examination. Said, you're 38 years old, and need to tell me? Said, I've been 38 years old, said, as far as physical concerns, said, you've got, uh, you're in perfect condition, that all your tests and blood and heart gun apart to beat you 100 years, see? Now, that was their thing. God depends on how long he wants it to be. <laughs> That's just with him. But here's what I'm trying to say. One day before the law will take more out of the human body than eight hours with a pick and shovel. That's right. Daniel saw one vision and walked in his trouble at his head for many days. Is that right? Or even more when he saw a vision, he even fell down on the ground like he was dead. And the angel come picked him up. Look at John when he saw the vision. Out on the Isle of Patton and so forth. See what I mean? He fell before the angel's feet. And Probably that was a routine of days, many days, all the time he was out there, he saw the vision. But we must remember, look at the days of, El of Elijah. 
Jesus said there was many lepers in that day, but only one of them, many of them might have come to Elijah and said, Elijah, will you pray for me? Sure, I'll pray for you. But one of them God sent. Is that right? And you notice that was a Gentile, Naaman. That's from the host of Syria. He went to Elijah, and Jesus said there's many, many of them in them days, but he only saw the vision for one. Only one of them were healed. There's many widows in the days of the famine, but only one, a Gentile, that Elijah saw the vision to go down and should be breaking the sticks and so forth and come out and he was to heal or to stay with and pour the oil out of the vessels and so forth. See? God worked. The great prophet Elijah only done, I believe, eight miracles in his days. And Elijah was a double potion, or was it four miracles? I believe four miracles Elijah done. And Elijah done eight miracles in his entire lifetime. Now you're talking about these things that I do and greater or you do. Just look what's happened here day after day. Look in the Master's, our Lord, when he was here on earth in a body of flesh, the Son of God. Well, we only have not more than a half a dozen or a dozen times at the most that he ever spoke out as recorded. We don't know what he's always done, but recorded here of things that he saw and done. See what he did in his ministry of three and a half years. But maybe God did more and notice what's in here. Here he is today with his church doing greater things than he did then. Same Jesus, same miracle, same thing, working in the same way. I was speaking to a minister friend of mine, which is here, I don't see him here in a ministerial line tonight, a minister from Louisville, Kentucky. And I was speaking with him, and he was been here at the meeting, he was uh, talking about how that the thing's taken place. I said, now, Brother Beeler, if you were coming to this, if I, someone told me to go out and find Mr. Beeler, what would he look like? The first thing I have to have is description. He combs his hair back straight. And what size man he is. How he looks. And how he talks. He's a very white sort of a person. Well, maybe I go out and I find a man with his hair combed back. He looks something like this Mr. Beeler. But when I speak to him, say, how did you do, sir? Hold on there. That's not Mr. Beeler, see? Yet it's got a whole lot like him, but it's not Mr. Beeler yet. I've got to find the man that suits that description just exactly, and I say, there he is. There he is. Now, if we can see what Jesus was in the New Testament, then we'll see what Jesus is working among us in the last days. Is that right? Now, not altogether Jesus working in me. He works in you just the same as he works in me. Anybody that's born again, I may be able to see visions, and you may not, but that doesn't mean that he's not with you. He's with you just the same. He was just the same with Hezekiah as he was with Isaiah. Hezekiah was the one who got the blessing. Isaiah just took the word. Amen. You see it? Hezekiah was the one who got the blessing, not Isaiah. It wasn't Isaiah's prayers that was heard. It was Hezekiah's prayers that was heard. Isaiah was just the medium. That took him the word in human lips, what God had said. Well, that's the same thing that was God. Won't you believe that was Christ? The anointed, the Lord God? Well, sure, it's the same thing tonight. Now, when he came, he said, I just do what the Father shows me to do. That's what I do. And what he shows me, I don't do nothing. I can't do nothing until he tells me. 
when he passed by the pool and seen all the people and he healed a man and the Jews questioned him why he said I do nothing but what the Father showed me I can't do nothing but he, whatever he does he showed me and then I go do that that's true St. John 5 19 and we're noticing he was a kind man a humble man and yet he was a man of power when he spoke he was very humble and gentle but when it comes time between to separate between truth and error Jesus was very stern picked up some ropes and piled them together and kicked over the money charger table and beat him out of the temple. All the Pharisees, those religious people, said, Well, you bunch of hypocrites, you serpents, snakes in the grass, and all these things. See, he was a man who could speak when he came time to speak. He was a man who was full of love. But he loved his father so much that he stayed in harmony with his father and anything that interfered with that harmony, then Jesus draws the line. Well, that'll be the same man today. He should. He'll let you do things and so forth like that. But when you go to sinning and get the, uh, going like that, then probably the line will be drawn. Something will come down there to stop him. Say, okay, here, just a minute. Is that right? Sure, he does. He chastens his children. Chastens them. I believe he does. And the Bible says that they are brought upon us to try our faith. Is that right? Now, if you're sick tonight and something might have happened along the road, you sinned or something other, ask God to forgive you. Maybe you've been a little dilatory. You say, well, I never went out and got drunk. You don't have to get drunk to sin. Just disbelieve. That's sin unbelief. I go out and I say, it's nighttime. I can't say just this much is nighttime or just that much is nighttime. It's all nighttime. Now, we know drinking and carrying on is sin. But the whole thing is because of unbelief. Because if you believe God and Jesus Christ to be his son, you are absolutely not going to do those things. Do you believe that? For he is born of God does not commit sin. All right. You must believe the whole thing lays in faith. Jesus said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Shall not come into condemnation, but shall already pass from death into life. Do you believe that's the truth? That lays in is nothing else that you can do, only believe. And as you believe, uh, them little uh, immoral things will just drop off like that. As you believe, you become love, and love is God, and you begin to wind yourself into Christ, and these other things, you don't have to quit doing them, they just quit themselves. There's just no desire to do it. The worshiper, when he's purged, has no more conscience or desire sense. He's resigned. The worshiper wants purged. See what I mean? When the worshiper is purged is when he's born again. When his old nature dies, when new nature sets in, then he becomes a part of God, a son of God. He gets a new life, and the life is, the Greek word there is zoe, which means the life of God. And you become an offspring of God. And God can't hurt you without hurting himself. See what I mean? And if you talk about one another and belittle some other Christian or something like that, remember you're hurting God. Or you can talk about me as much as you want to, but leave my children alone. Is that right? I'd rather you just take me out and whip me and beat me and anything, but don't hurt my boy about here. No, no, he, he's part of me. Well, that's the way God feels about us, you see. And the only way God can is get his children to love him and believe in him. That's the, that's the avenue. Just have faith in and believe in and God will bring it to pass. Oh, my, it's just a simple is it? Just like one, two, three. Let's read some of the scripture now and go straight to praying for the sick. I want to read a portion out of Acts 2 tonight. And then a, a portion also I was reading this afternoon out of St. John 16, 30, beginning. And Acts 2, 22. Jesus had just been crucified. 
Now listen to the testimony of this apostle who, after Christ had been on the outside, had cursed and denied him. But when Christ came on the inside, right in the midst of knowing it might be his death at any minute, listen at him speak now to the religious world of that day. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you also yourselves know. Or I read that wrong, excuse me. God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. He in being delivered by the term to counsel, the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now watch. Jesus, Peter, was reconciling the crowd to believe that that was the Son of God because God was with him working signs and wonders. Now listen close. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by signs and wonders, or by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did with See, Jesus was approved. He had God's approval. No matter what the Pharisees said, they said he's a mind reader, a devil, the world, the ecclesiastical world. But Peter said, how can you deny it? God was with him, and we know he was. Look at the great Jewish teacher when he came that night, Nicodemus. He said, we know that, that we, the Pharisees, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no man could do these miracles that you do, knowing these people's hearts and their lives and what will be and so forth and healing the sick and so forth. You say you only do it as he shows you, then God shows you what to do and you go do it. We know that no man can do these things except God be with him. How could he use them here? Tell a man these two mules tied down here at the end of a way where you've never been before. How are you going to meet a man with a picture on his shoulder? How can you know those things without God telling you? How did you stand there at the well and tell that Samaritan woman that you have five husbands and never was in Samaria before in your life? How could you do that without God being with you? How when that Israelite, one of our renowned men out here, come walking to you, which you've been out there out of the tree, praying, and we questioned him to find out if it was true, perhaps. And he walked up to him and you said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there's no God. We know he was a renowned man. And uh, our brother said, When did you know me, Rabbi, or Rebbe, teacher, or whatever you want to call it? When did you know me? He said, For Philip called you when he was out of the tree, I said. Why? He said, For thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. So no man, we all know that no man can do that except God be with him. Here Peter said, Now God approved Jesus among you by the signs and wonders. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He foretold things. He said this would be. He knew the secrets of your heart. He perceived your thoughts. For we know that God was with him. And you know the thing. And you took the prince of life and slew him. And desired a murder in his sins. Who God raised up as a witness that he was the righteous son of God. That's when 3,000 were pricked in their hearts. Said, man and brethren, what can we do to be saved? Now... I have another scripture here I wish to read. Jesus speaking here, St. John 17 or 16:30. The disciples suggested him to tell them Jesus is a hard man to understand. 
The disciples said, tell us plainly. Even no one seemed to understand him. He talked like he twisted in parables and everything. That's the way the Word of God is written, too. That the wise and prudent will not understand it, but he'll reveal it to babes such as will learn. It ain't for the, don't you think that you can go get a bachelor's degree or something or come out and teach the Word of God? That don't have nothing to do with it. I know people's got BDs and BDs and everything else and know no more about God than a rabbit that know how to put on snowshoes. Now, I ain't saying that for a joke either, but that's right. Well, they know no more about God than a hot and pot knows about Egyptian night. But they don't know God. The only thing they know is say, well, we studied it out this way. This Greek word means that. Yes, and every translator has everything. I take it for what it says right there. I believe it. That's where it's written. That's where it's in my heart. That's where I believe it. And that's where God reveals it back. And the result is produced. It's a faith. It ain't how many Greek words you know, how much scholar you are. It isn't a scholarship you got. God isn't known by genealogy. God's known by neonology. That's right. I love it. I love the witness of the Spirit when God comes down and witnesses, like it is right here now. I love this kind of a meeting. No matter how hard it is, I know that he's sending us a platform. I have lots of boldness. I know where I'm standing. I know God's going to bless tonight. I feel it drawing near now. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, this is that. Well, brother, if this ain't that, I'm going to keep this to that tone. Now, I'm, I'm going to keep this. This is good enough for me until we get that. This is it. And here is Jesus Christ manifested again for the same sign. He's not another Jesus to do another sign or another something or some other working of psychology or something. He's the same Jesus doing the same thing that he always did. Hallelujah. Oh, how it melts into my heart to think of it. Oh, my. Here we are. Now, the disciples 
they have been moving around, speaking words, because there was the scribes writing this word, not as his mother Nama, but he knew a man that fool with it and tamper with it and try to have seminary experiences and great things like that, not as I'm doubting the seminary. But all right, go ahead, the brother, God comes from, I brother my boy here, he's fixing to go to Bible school, I suppose. But I'd rather that boy know God and being in a new birth and being born again if he didn't have enough education and order to go to That's right. Uh, education's all right, but I'll tell you this. Now put on your shockproof coat, because here it comes. Education has been the greatest hindrance that the gospel of Jesus Christ has ever had. Thank you. That's exactly right. We've got some... We've got some educated infidel dummies. That's exactly what we got. Here a few days ago, there's a woman standing to me, and she was talking to me. She said, Brother Branham, she said, I was in that meeting out there, and you had me over. She said, I just don't believe in that. I said, Surely you don't. You're even. She said, I resent that. Well, I said, You just admitted you were. I said, What is a heathen? Well, I know my English writer is an unbeliever. An unbeliever is a heathen. I said, you tell yourself, he said, I'm an unbeliever in that. I said, she said, but I have so many of this, I've got my education, I took so I went to this school, I went to, I said, I don't care, you're just an educated heathen. That's all. Understand that. I'm not saying that's between you and God. But the woman is standing there with enough makeup on to paint a barn almost. And I just come out of Africa down there where the hot and cops were, and that's exactly where that comes from. You look at all that mud in the eyes and the paint like that. I said, You're not too far out of the tribe yet, what our tribe will paint yet. I said, Don't tell me you're not a human. Yes, sir. Man, let me tell you. Jesus said unto him, to them, 
hearing you now believe. God knows the heart of every man and woman sitting here. Do you believe that? All right. He will only give us to us in measure, whatever it is, whatever it can be. But look to me, friends, if you see his great presence, feel his spirit. No, you don't have to feel it. You know, you don't have to do it. You should believe it in the first place. But when you see him come down and manifest himself, just exactly like he did in the days gone by, then you should have all altogether a pure, unadulterated faith in him and accept him on them ground. Is that right? That's when you should believe what ought to be done. Oh, my, he's right here now. The angel of the Lord is at the platform right at this time. Thanks be to God. If you'll be reverent. Now, last night, when I come into the meeting and stood here, I felt a resentment somewhere. I kept looking around. I found it. I see where it was coming from, two or three places. They were thinking again like the same old subject, mental telepathy. That whatever was written on the prayer card, what the patient written on the prayer card, somebody looked at the prayer card and sent it to me, mental telepathy. Why, brothers, sisters, that has nothing at all to do with it. The patient might not have nothing wrote on his prayer card. And he might have something wrote on his prayer card. He ain't going to write his sins on there and the things that he's done. You know, the Holy Spirit reveals things in that he done years ago. Is that right? How about them sitting out there don't have any prayer cards? And around all the building it. Last night the line had come up didn't have prayer cards. What about these things that happened four, twelve weeks and months and days ahead of time? What about that? All oh, quit being superstitious. Wake up to the living God. Certainly we only have to have order. That's the reason we call prayer cards is merely to get order. But this is a challenge to you. I've seen the time when things happen that you couldn't keep them back with others. I've seen time you say, now about say now how many of you want to be prayed for? Look, well, who's going to be first? I don't know. Well, if you say, well, if he, if he chose this one here, well, that's, there you are. That's respect the person. He knew that one was coming. No, sir. We give out prayer cards to whoever wants them. Then I come here, nobody knows where it's going to be. I ask my Lord, where shall I call that line? Wherever it comes up on my heart, I start from right there. Then just a few as it comes to the platform. Then the first thing you know, it begins to move out through there. I ask every night, who's the people that hasn't got prayer cards? Usually if I see a person raise his hand, he's got a prayer card, and even if the spirit hangs over him, I don't say nothing about it. I let it go. Maybe get to a person that hasn't got a prayer card. Now and then when I see a healing, I might announce it or something. But if who hasn't got a prayer card, I'll ask. Who hasn't? Find the rules where they at. And then when the Spirit of God moves out, I can't do it myself. It goes and shows me. I watch it when it leaves me. Feel it go out like a, a something just makes you feel real sway. I see it hang over somebody just like a, a something with a, a burst thing, like a bubble in the air moving like that. And here's something taking place. I see a doctor or, or something or an accident or something happening. And then you speak of what I'm looking at. And then when the vision leaves me, I look around and see the person sitting there. And they know then that there's something somewhere that's revealing that. Then if that would take place one time, every person in the building ought to light up their face and say, Oh, Lord Jesus, come to me. I believe you right now. See, that ought to be the result of the meeting. Don't you think so? The Lord God bless you while we pray. Heavenly Father, send your blessings tonight. It just looks like your spirit is moving to 
meeting is moving right down towards the end now, just about four more nights, and we shall leave this city to be thy will, journeying around this great, massive city here, Lord, writing for judgment. Oh, God, have mercy. Send angel after angel through this city, Lord, and comb it over and over this great city of Chicago here, and comb out the pure in heart, Lord, before that great hour of destruction. God, grant it. Get the honest in heart and get them ready for the rapture right away. We don't know what minute hour it might come. Now you've sent signs and wonders and things. And as much as my part is concerned, Father, I'm doing all that I know how. And now, Lord, may every Christian believer in here buckle up the armor tonight. Move up there the cross and say, all superstitions is gone from me. I stand now alone in Jesus Christ. I stand open for his spirit. And when his spirit shall move in this building, and I see his hand like the disciples did at Emmaus, I also am then on the ground to accept my healing. Grant it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Billy, if you'll get me a little drink of water. Thank you, son. I got a fine boy. Thank you. Excuse me. Oh, how marvelous. What a wonderful thing. You just, God be merciful to you, brother. Oh, a man standing and crying for mercy. Won't somebody else just raise your hand and say, God have mercy on me. God have mercy on me. That's right. Now, Father, look at their hands. There's many standing there in need now. I pray to God that your spirit will move over this audience just at this time and will heal every one of them. These that are standing, these that are uh, got their hands up and everywhere, they believe, Lord, they've seen you. Now, Lord, may they just get over that little earthly affair and move right into that great spiritual realm and each one be healed. Granted, Lord, through Jesus Christ's name, I ask that each one of these just raise their hands that you'll come to them for this meeting's over and declare their case and will heal everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Get what card did you get, son? In. All right. Prayer cards in now. In. Let's see. What did we go from last time? Fifty. Or didn't have any last time. Well, let's start back at one then again tonight. Fifty or in one to fifty. Or one to twenty-five. You had too many in the line. In. The prayer card in. You got your name and address on one side. Turned over, you see on the other side there's a letter. There's a letter and a number. In number one, in number two, number three, number four, number five, up to twenty-five first. Be ready if the Lord tomorrow night, tomorrow night the Lord willing, we want to come and I want to preach to you a little or something. And if the anointing doesn't drop, we're going to pray for everyone we can. While they're making their way in the line, let me say something to you. Let me have your attention. Now, how many else, how many other people in here that does not have a prayer card and sit anywhere in the building? Raise your hand. Oh, they're sitting everywhere. All back up in here too. Everywhere. Now look, friends, this is a challenge. See. 
you just look to your heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, and ask God to have mercy on you, and ask him to show me what, what you are, if you desire that. You don't have to have that. Just say, Lord, I receive you, and you'll be healed right where you are. No matter who you are, how long you've been sick, nothing of it doesn't matter. God will make you well. Do you believe it? Something's wrong with him. 
begins to tell all about him, what happened. Hear me speaking in one language, this interpreter sent it out to death, and him catching in another language. Each one of these ladies sitting there, they know that's the truth. They know that man. And as soon as they say that, maybe he's got TV. Maybe he was here and he was done something or whatever happened. Those ladies sit there and see that. They look. Ah, the witch doctor never produced anything like that. Nothing else has. That must be the same Jesus they're talking about. Then, that's all has to take place. Every one of them believes it. Every one of them. Then I'll say, do you believe? Thousands of black hands will go up the air and I'll look at tears streaming down their cheeks. Oh, wrinkled cheeks and young women and young men stand there, some of them not even hardly a wrap on. Most of their bodies exposed. They don't know that they're exposed like that. Stand there, young men, young women, and yet they could come over here and teach we Americans how to live more. That's right. And they're there even young ladies with hardly a garment on at all. Nothing but just maybe something wrapped around the midwaist of them. They live in that, die in that, buried in that and all. But they live a different life. Now, he doesn't need civilization. You bring him into civilization, you make a bad man out of him. He brings the sins of his tribe in and takes the white man's sin, and then he really is a bad fellow. Only thing he needs out there is Jesus Christ. That makes a difference in him. Then he's a Christian. But then every one of them will want a card. I'll say, now I'll offer prayer. That's all they want. They don't want to come up on the platform. They want me to hear my voice being interpreted there. Ask Jesus Christ to heal them like he did the settlement. They know there's a supernatural being present. And they know if I ask him then, they say they believe it. And down there they're laying there crippled on bed, crippled on TV, laying in chairs, back forth like this, and as soon as I pray, every one of them is listening real close to the interpreter, getting over my prayer, and after a while, when I say, now, Lord, in the name of your dear son, Jesus, heal every person here. You'll see that man that's got that crippled hand raised up and go straighten it out like that. Here he comes. Here comes the one that was blind, looking through the building as a prayer, then you scream, I can see. Here come the one that's laying on this other and look at him and see him. Then he knows the spirit's here making him well. Then it's him too. Up he gets. And the first thing you know, they pop the wheelchairs, cops, clubs, and everything else they walked on. Happy rejoicing, shaking hands and hugging one another. What's the matter? Jesus Christ has manifested himself in their midst and they believe it. They believe it. No doubt in their hearts, they just believe it. But we, we say, well, now, let's see, Dr. So-and-so said that might be tele mental telepathy. Well, this other one said that might be the devil. The other one says it's fanaticism. This one says it's wildfire. I don't know what to believe. That's just where the devil's got you. It's exactly right. Just where he's got you. Just where he wants you. See? Turn loose. Read the Bible. God's word be true and every other man's word a lie. And the Bible said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? Then he is the same. Where are you at? Brother oh, Baxter, okay. Patrick's speaking, friend. Like that. Of course, it brings a different anointing. And I'll, I'll have to wait just a few moments until he comes. You all bear with me just a little bit while I talk to this lady. Now look, I believe we're strangers are really. I don't know you. I don't know you. 
Now, this lady's a stranger. God in heaven knows her. I don't. As far as I know, I've never seen her or anything in my life. Don't know nothing about her. Now, she's perhaps sick or she wouldn't be here. If she's just here on something else, she'll be told that in a few minutes, too. Mm -hmm. Just watch what happens, and then she will receive something here at the platform. God will take care of that like he did in her nice survive. It's already been done many times, and it's never failed. So we'll know more about that in a little bit. But I can't heal the lady, but she can't hide her life from me. That's a divine gift. And that's what I'm trying to make you to understand, or get you to understand, that it's our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what if our Master was standing here before the woman? He cannot heal her unless he, God would show him. But now, he could tell her like he did the woman. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute, please. Uh, if you will, just I uh, see your weeks or sick and you stand right there close to the microphone. Now, I want you just to, just to talk to me just a moment, realizing that I'm your brother and you're my sister, for I do believe you are a Christian, because you know more than walked up to this platform until the anointing struck me. Is that right? That's exactly right. I knew it was with you. Because he's been here, I should have stopped a while ago. But now, now, to, to heal you, I, I couldn't do it. I want you to, to try to just look at me if you can, just to talk, you see. I want to, want to just get your human spirit, see, to find out what is wrong with you. That I shall ask God to heal you. And just as you believe, how you just try to be just as quite humbly as you can, and as God reveals to me, then I, I'll reveal to you. If he doesn't, I cannot. You understand that. I don't know you. You're just a woman that's picked up a prayer card out there and come up on the platform. Now, the first place, we must realize that this is God's work. This is the foundation. This is the blueprint. This is where God lives. This is his word. This is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, this is God. Now, that's God to the world. Now, that's first. First. Now, the only thing God could do to you secondarily after that would be by his prophet. Maybe something standing in your life to you from being healed. He could reveal to me, or he wouldn't reveal it to you in his word, but he would reveal it to me by spirit. That's what these gifts are in the church for. What's the matter that you're not healed? Is that right? And do you believe that the story that you have heard about this, and you believe that I'd be God's prophet? Do you believe it? That's what he asked me to do. You get the people to believe you, then be sincere when you pray. You're, you're upset about something. You got a distress. Nervous. Isn't that right? Is it a nervous condition? I see you always weary and rubbing your hands. You have a habit of doing that. You get all excited about faith. Two. There, life hasn't been a flower bed of ease for you. You've had some trouble in life, haven't you? Yes, you have. And it's been in your own family. Isn't that right? Is that right? You, uh, 
you have, you've had some, it's one of your children has caused your trouble. Is that right? That's right. And hasn't that child tried to take your life? And hasn't that been on a religious call by changing churches, coming from a nominal church to a full gospel church? Is that right? And he gave you grace, wasn't he? Is that right? Well, did he poison someone else in that too? Wasn't it one other boy? Your little boy. I've seen it with two of you got it. Is that true? God have mercy. Heavenly Father, be merciful to the woman.
humbly. Do you believe with all your heart? Believe me to be God's servant. Nothing in the world can heal you, only God, you know that. You also have got a serious thing wrong with you. Cancer. Is that right? That's just right. You accept him as your healer now? The Lord bless you. And Satan, leave the woman in the name of Jesus Christ as God's servant. I'll rebuke thee. Come out from her. God bless you. Go, lady. Rejoice. He says, thank you, Lord. Yeah, well, be all right. All right, bring the lady.
Then in the name of Jesus Christ, receive the Spirit. Go receive the Holy Ghost. You had a tumor, didn't you? All right, it left you while you were standing there. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus to be made well. How do you do, sister? Do you believe me to be a prophet? Would you like to eat a good level meal again? All that smothering and stuff, you've had a lot of things you thought was wrong with you, but the whole thing comes back to a nervous time at the time of life you're entering, which is called an ulcer in your stomach. That's right. You can't eat well. If I be God's prophet and tell you to go eat, will you do it? Well, then go eat in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Tom. You believe with all your heart. I have faith in God. Believe in God. God shall bring it to pass. That man that kept standing over him, I see it's left him now. It's all right. You're going to be all right now. All right. What do you think about it, little lady? You believe with all your heart? You believe me to be his prophet? There's something wrong in your back, isn't it? Isn't that right? Stand up on your feet and see if you're not healed. Jesus Christ has made you well. Bend over. You are healed. God bless you. You can go home now. Have faith in God. The bad spirit moving somewhere there. I can't tell where. How do you? You believe me? You're nervous, aren't you, lady? Yes, ma'am. God be merciful to you, lady. Quickly break to you. You're not a Christian. No, and you're more than that. Shall I say? You're an alcoholic, drinking. Aren't you ashamed of yourself to treat Jesus Christ like that? Are you ready to to believe now? Here a few nights ago in a stew, you thought of these things, didn't you? You heard about the meeting, someone told you, and then you thought if you could come, you'd be delivered. I'm not reading your mind, but I'm telling you the truth. Is that right? And you're trying to get rid of it. Satan, come out of the woman. Trouble. Colored ladies. 
in your voice is because you had an amputation of your eye, haven't you? Had your eye taken out. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. That's right, raise your hand. You've got some kind of disease now that makes you... You got something on your hands. You know, it's the woman next to you has got a got eczema on her hands or something. Isn't that right, lady? Here, there's that color lady. Look back this way again, lady. No, you got asthma. Is that right? Both of you stand up and go home and get well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have faith in God. You believe? Sir, you holding her up? You believe that Jesus Christ knows her? Yes. You believe me to be his prophet? You start praying. What about you, lady? You believe? You with the baby there. You believe. A man, the shadow of a man standing above me, he's a colored man, sitting up there, his body with nervous trouble, sitting right up there, the white shirt on. Stand up there. Jesus Christ healed you of that nervousness just then. The lady sitting right down below him there was standing and had TD also. You want to be accepted in your healing now, lady? Yes. He was bothered with TD, wasn't you? All right, Jesus Christ has blessed you. You can go home. Be made well. You obey me as God's prophet? Got stomach trouble, liver trouble, and everything. Is that right? You ain't got a chance to live unless God heals you. If you lay there, you're sure going to die. You only got one chance to live, that's to go to him. You don't ever have a better opportunity than right now. If you believe in that in the name of Jesus Christ, get up, take your bed, and go home.